Hi everybody, it's me. I'm your co-host Keegan. I'm your co-host Mimi. I hope you're having a wonderful week. This is Earworms, a podcast for the things that you just can't get out of your head. How's your day been going so far? So far, it's pretty good. We're getting ready to move, so... The next three episodes, you're going to hear us say we're getting ready ready to to move. move. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so today we took apart our bed, kind of, just to start the process of getting the big things kind of prepped to get from location A to location B, which is less than three miles down the road or something like that. Yeah, and it's like we move, it's like our move out day for this place that we're at is the 29th. Our move in day for the new place is the 25th. So we have four or five days, depending on how you like to count days to really like make this place spotless and get everything out of here. Yeah. Um, and so as of now, from my understanding, our plan is instead of packing things into totes, because that means we'll just probably have to take even more time to unpack it. Yeah. We're just going <laughs> to bring everything as it is into the new place. And we're going to like set up our room first and then the, the kitchen yeah. and things like that. <laughs> yeah. It'll be good. It's going to be fun. It's a process. Anyway, let's get into it this week. I believe yeah. I get to go first, if that is correct. Do you get to go first? I want to go first. <laughs> okay, go first. All right. Let me tell you about a delightful little guy. His name is IBM704. IBS? No, IBM704. <laughs> and you know him, and I think I would like him to introduce himself as he did in... Uh, we'll get into it. I'll tell you a little bit more. Let's just listen real fast. That was very sweet, and it's very weird to hear that song in such a sweet context, considering the fact that TikTok and social media has made it yes. like a creepy song. Yes, so they did make it a creepy song. Um, for those of you who don't have quite an ear for techno speech uh, synth- synthesis, um, what that uh, voice was saying was, Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer due. I'm half crazy, all for the love of you. It won't be a stylish marriage. I can't afford a carriage, but you'll look sweet upon the seats of a bicycle built for two. So that song is a very sweet song. It was composed by um, British songwriter Harry Dacker um, back in around 1892. Um, He just like was an immigrant to America and he brought like a bicycle built for two and him and his wife had nothing and he was just like... Hey, it's okay. We'll make it work. That's like the context of that song. Yeah, which is cute. And now let me get you into the double uh, part, which is IBM 704 and what what they are. This is in 1954. This is a gigantic computer back in the days when um, they couldn't really do much more than calculate equations. Okay. So like the computer's the size of like our apart like our apartment complex not our oh, house like oh like the computers that were built with like nasa when they were yes. like flying oh yeah okay. so ibm 704 was a huge digital manu mainframe computer um that 
point was arithmetic. It was just running calculations and stuff constantly for like trajectories and airplanes and stuff like that, flight patterns and things like that for NASA, right? Well, they wanted the scientists wanted to test how clever they actually could get the computer. Basically, this was the start of them thinking, well, we can run calculations all day, but what else can we do? Can we trick these rocks into thinking basically? Because <laughs> that's all a computer is. It's we tricked a rock with electricity into thinking and being able to do stuff. That's why you can have a phone call and Google stuff, essentially. Is you haven't, you've tricked your, your phone into thinking, basically. Don't say that too casually. Isn't this podcast edited with a computer? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Don't worry. My computer's good, and so is um, IBM 704. So IBM 704, a bunch of scientists in 1962 were able to establish one of the most famous moments of history with Bell Labs. Um, they created a recorder synthesizer vocoder, um, which okay. basically means they could give, they figured out how they could give a computer a voice. And so what that resulted in was that delightful little melody that you just heard a moment ago. And that delightful little melody was the very first thing that after they pre-programmed it to be able to sing multiples of songs. And basically this is kind of the first instance of independent thought more or less from a computer because they just said yeah they just said run and like they had a bunch of songs programmed into it they told it to just run one of them and the first thing it sang this was this little computer's voice coming to life for the first time and it sang a little love song about how excited it is to just be alive and be existing and i can only imagine so how ecstatic all those scientists must have been the day that they got that to work because it was the equivalent of hearing like your child's first words of a child that you built yourself in this lab from the ground up and it was like a huge moment for technology and it just got everyone thinking well what the heck can we do with computers now if they can make indisputably something beautiful like that little melody what else can computers do and they went on to record this and like broadcast it all over the radio it was it was insane people lost their minds over this little robot <laughs> singing do his you know heart what out this reminds me of what this reminds me of like the mars rover that like sang its songs mm-hmm. every day and then like sang its own birthday yeah. song so yeah. that's because of this technology that exists that's why we have those sweet moments of they let they program and let machines most machines and stuff like that nasa use are programs with the ability to sing whenever they want they choose to sing when they want kind of like that little limited ai type of stuff going on with the mars rover that sings happy birthday to itself every year it could sing non-stop but it chooses Today is a special day. I'm going to sing today. And I think that's just me. And that's my earworm for this week. (laughs) Thank you, IBM704. You are a delight, and I am so happy to have heard your delightful little music. And I'm sorry that TikTok and horror movies have kind of twisted that into being a creepy context. Media has done that, or um, it's just a creep, cool, creepy thing. So I think it stems from um, oh gosh, 2001 Interstellar or something like that. Now HAL 9000, like the robot that turns evil and goes spooky. When at the beginning of the movie, like when they're turning on that AI system, it begins by singing that little thing as like a reference of hey, the first time a robot had its own thought was this little song. So it was just kind of like, it's very dystopian. Like, it is cool and creepy of, like, 
this is the end. Who knows? If robots can think for themselves, soon they'll replace us as humans. Ooh. Ah. Yeah, so it's just that connotation associated with those lyrics of, uh-oh, humanity's gone too far. We've given something intelligence, and now we're obsolete, basically. So it is kind of creepy, but in the context of, like, the real-life situation around it, I think it's very sweet. It is. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Nope, that's my thing. What do you have for us this week? <laughs> All right, so a few weeks ago, um, I got to meet a nice, also little guy, and the little guy's name was Rufus. <laughs> Rufus? Oh, no. <laughs> um, but it was Rufus the Porcupine. Okay, wait, wasn't... Okay, last week's episode, you said, what was the name of the biohazard ball that existed? Rufus. Okay, <laughs> so we're two for two now. We have Rufus the biohazard ball, but we're talking about Rufus the delightful porcupine we got to meet, correct? Yes. Okay, tell me more about Rufus. <laughs> yeah, and um, so we went to an aquarium a few weeks back, and at the end, it was very interactive. You could feed fish and like the different animals through it. And then at the end, um, you were able to feed a porcupine, and it was a very cute, very yeah. <laughs> sweet experience, and it had me thinking about porcupines. Ooh. Do you know what a pack of pr- porcupines are called? A, a prickle. They're called a prickle! <laughs> a prickle? Yes! <laughs> Got it! That's awesome! <laughs> <laughs> Man, porcupines are cool little dudes. Big dudes. They're, they're a lot bigger than you think they are. <laughs> Yes, um, and I'm here just to talk about porcupines and maybe debunk some things. Ooh. Um, so on the matter of debunking, when you think of porcupines and its quills, what do you kind of think of? Uh, getting poked, it throwing its quills, it sniffing and being in the woods, and dogs getting their noses poked by it because they dart into the... Like, they, like hunting dogs would like dart under a tree, I picture, and then... They chase it up the tree, and then the porcupine goes, and stabs them back is what I picture every time. All right. Well, porcupines can't actually shoot their quills. <gasps> no. <laughs> <laughs> they can't shoot. They can't throw them. They're just, like, lightly attached to them. Um, and if a critter, when porcupines feel threatened, they'll, like, shake their quill, quills, kind of like a rattlesnake, to be like, hey, get away from here. I don't want to deal with this today. <laughs> yeah. And if... I move it. <laughs> and if you continue to get closer to it, then the porcupine will like reveal its backside to you, like lash its tail at you, and then kind of like run into you with quills. It just kind of backs up into you. It just yeah. a backward shimmy at you. Shimmy, shimmy, yeah. shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Well, this is a shimmy you should have avoided. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, and then its quills will, like, you know, stick to you, but they can't, like, throw their quills at you. Um, And porcupine quills, if you were to just keep them in you every hour, it would move a millimeter deeper into you. How? Why? What? It's just the... I wasn't able to figure out why or how, but it's just kind of the nature of their quills. Is they just continue sliding into you? Yeah. That's gross. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, porcupines are covered in quills all over their body, except for their belly, face, and feet. Ooh, belly, face, and feet. The three places to get cuddles. Yeah. (laughs) You just... They're asking to be pet. I gotta go out there. I gotta find them. They're asking for it. The only thing is the porcupine just can't be the little spoon. Ah, can't be the little spoon. Oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, how many quills do you think porcupines have? On average. Uh, on average, yeah. uh, more than three. Okay, and less than? 
Oh, less than 200. I'm going to say they have like 150 probably. On average, a porcupine has 30,000 quills. Oh my gosh. <laughs> In case you have an issue with numbers, that's three, zero, 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 zero. It is one, three, and four zeros. That's too many quills. What are they doing with all those quills? Um, well, it's just how they protect themselves, and when they lose a quill, um, they grow a new one. Oh. Um, and the quills have scales and barbs at the tips that make them harder to remove. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and porcupines, in case you're wondering, can get struck by their own quills. Um, but they have antibiotics in their skin to, like, prevent infection when that happens. <laughs> infection from their own quills. Yeah. Okay. Um, porcupines release an odor. Um, to predators, so kind of like a skunk, but not as foul from my understanding. And did you know these little guys can climb trees? Yeah, they climb on up. They're like little, they're like they're just big squirrels with like armor on is how I, I, I look at them. Yeah, but could you imagine walking in the forest and then a porcupine falls on you? Ah, bad luck, bad luck. Horrible luck. <laughs> um, they live on average five to seven years in the wild. Um, oh, and when they're born, their quills are soft, and then they harden within the hour. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you said, like, they have antibodies in their own body to protect them from infections from their quills. Are their quills just nasty because they're in nature, or do they, like... I think it's, like, hedgehogs will, like, spit on their quills. Do porcupines do the same thing? They're just nasty because they're in nature, but okay. they aren't, like, poisonous or anything like that. They're okay. just sharp. Um, okay. But it's just, if I get a cut in the woods and I can't actually treat it, it's going to get infected, you yeah. know? <laughs> Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't hibernate, but they stick close to their dens in bad weather. Okay, where are their dens, though? Um, so they can climb trees. Are they in trees or are they on the ground? In hollow trees or rocky areas. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, and then a list of their predators are wolverines, coyotes, martins, bears, cougars, eagles, owls, fishers, and humans. Everything wants to eat them. Damn. They must taste amazing then, because that's oh, no. a lot of effort to go through. That's a lot of quills to go through just to get to some porcupine meat. <laughs> Don't say that. Um, oh, and if you encounter a porcupine in the wild, don't approach it. Oh. Just turn around and walk away. Darn it. Yeah. All my plants up in flames now. <laughs> yeah, and so those are just your porcupine facts. They're fun. Um, you asked, they're kind of found in like the Northern Americas, Canada's yeah. area. Um, they're good swimmers. Oh, that's surprising. Okay, that's weird. That, okay, so they're found in Canada, just like moose are. I know moose are, like, leftover megafauna from, like, the Ice Age in North America. Are porcupines also a megafauna? Like, do you, were you able to find that? Because they're a rodent, right? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't able to find it, but the largest porcupine is the North African crested porcupine. Okay. But I don't think that they are considered megafauna. They're just very large. Okay. Yes, and porcupines, I just wanted to double check that. They're fa yes, North American porcupines are native to the... Mixed forest habitats of Canada, the northeastern and western regions of the U.S., and northern Mexico. So I just wanted to make sure that I gave you the right answer on that. Porcupines. 
prickly pals. If you ever get a, the chance to feed one, do it. It's so nice. They're so sweet and cute. Yeah. And the one at the place we went to liked to be petted. And there was a sign that was like, hi, I'd like to be pet, but make sure I want to be pet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Porcupines range between 12 and 35 pounds um, and can be anywhere between 18 inches or two and a half feet. Yeah, big dudes. Some yeah. big little guys. I like it. Sweet. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week on Earworm. But thank you all for listening. And thanks for listening to our little guys. Yeah, <laughs> this has been a fun episode. I think we will see you all next week, though. Um, no new announcements, just the normal. Uh, check out the main page. Just keep updated on any new projects we have. And Ill Will comes out every other Wednesday. But until next time, from all of us here to you, bye bye